0: Thank you very much everyone for tuning in. It's been an amazing bit of support over the last couple of weeks when I decided to come out and with this idea that the humble climb podcast, I was planning on bringing it to life. It's something that I've been looking and looking into for the last couple of years, but always toying with the idea of actually taking the plunge. I'm not someone to do new year's resolutions, but I really wanted to bring this to life in 2023 as someone that's been able to experience both sides of life in this uh, journey that we're all on of trials and tribulations. I thought it was really, really important to not just say my story, but there's so many others out there that I think need to be shared and can be shared. Um, We look at a lot of these people that we all see on our TV screens or people that we don't even know. And some of the most humble people that I've had the pleasure of meeting throughout my journey so far have made the biggest impact on me. And that's the main reason as to why I really wanted to bring the humble climb life the humble climb to me it's it's it, it specializes or it it says uh, a lot about myself personally that you can go from uh, the start at the bottom and work your way up to the top but it also says that you can experience life at both ends of the ladder the climb the climb in itself for me is always that struggle it's the struggle to get from zero to hundred but also from the bottom to the top And I thought it was really, really important to bring that to life as someone who grew up in a, in a loving, loving Greek family. I never thought that I'd be the type to ever, um, speak on camera, but with my real estate profession, it's something that I've become a lot more accustomed to and been able to do, which has been great. So sort of semi diving in as to why I wanted to, why I wanted to do this is, as a family, we uh, we experienced our fair share of ups and downs when we were a lot younger, and we were living the high lifestyle growing up. Um, from about you know as soon as I was born till roughly year six, year seven, when I was what twelve or thirteen, in what I thought was a very normal life, it go, it really did show that it really wasn't. We were uh, we were fortunate enough that I've got a sister, mum, dad, and all very loving. And were constantly surrounded by people. And uh, my my dad had a, a really big car transport business at the time, which unfortunately didn't work out for one reason or another. There was fraud committed, unfortunately, during that time, and there was a long court process that was drawn out over many many years. Unfortunately, unbeknown to me, I didn't have a clue anything was going on. And I remember my sister in year four coming up to me, and it was raining this particular day, and she said, "Dim dim, good news, Dad's not going to jail." I said cool, awesome, but I had no clue. The only thing that I did say is make makes sense why all the family came over last night. After that particular time, I sort of became extremely, extremely protective of my dad and my relationship with him. I wanted to make sure that because I was on the potential of of losing him for, for a period of time at such a young age in in my development age, that I'd never wanted anything to impact that relationship ever again. Fast forward to uh, to year seven. I've left Oakley Greek Orthodox College where I started it as my primary school, and I've started at De La Salle. Fortunately enough, Dad only he, he got he uh, didn't go to jail that that first time, but the second time was looking like he would. Fast forward to year seven. We uh, I was a couple of days into a new school, and I remember. Um some family over at my at my at my house. and there was lots of crying, lots of tears. And I think by this stage, my dad had checked himself into a rehab facility. again, unbeknownst to me, I wasn't really sure what was happening, but I was that kid at the top of the stairs, crying and really really frightful about what was going to happen. Unfortunately, this time, with what transpired with the business um with my dad um was that there was going to be houses lost, there was going to be Material stuff, such as cars lost, um, which is fine. And, and, and looking back now, you don't, you think it's fine, but at the time it seems like everything. Um, so a couple of houses were lost my, my own personal house, where I lived, my grand my family, my grandparents house, where they lived, uh, the cars that which was fine. Of course, that next business that was, uh, that was running as a transport business folded and that couldn't go on any further, but it had appeared that dad had again, unfortunately committed fraud during this time. And, uh, it wasn't looking good for him. We're in year seven. I'm completely lost, unsure what to do, um, with everything. But the only realization was that we had to move in with my grandparents being my mum's parents. And as someone who loved their, their independence and having their own room and living in this flashy, flashy life, it was, um, it was a quick, uh, turnaround when we had gone from having money and no problems of money or what seemed to be a lot of money. To then very quickly becoming that person that is getting uh, food delivery boxes from from our local parish priest at the Clayton Church, it was a huge downfall for us. And I remember my mum particularly going into my school at the time, De La Salle, and she said, "Look, I, I don't, I know I can't afford these school fees anymore." And I think it was maybe six or seven thousand back then. And the school turned around and said, "Look, there's always going to be a school for uh, a place for Dimmy." But as long as uh as as long as you pay your whatever it was thirty dollars a week, so straight away I was like okay good I don't have to move school but I do have to move house. We moved in with my grandparents, and um and that was a really great experience. And again another long long drawn out court process of a couple of years. Hit year nine, year nine comes along, and uh that sort of uh, that sort of changed a lot of it. Um, year nine was the, was the year for me I think from memory where it was official that dad was going in, uh, into prison for a couple of years and that was all really well and good. Um, at that stage, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad. So I guess I was, I was feeling a lot of emotions back then. Um, but I probably also was, uh, was also scared and I was scared for a lot of reasons that, you know, I'd watched all these crime TV shows beforehand about how people come out from jail and all this type of thing. And, I was just completely completely petrified. I was that one kid at school from year seven onwards, seeing the school counsellor a couple of times a week. um and I hated being that person that, from a young age had to go and see the school counsellor. I thought it said more about me, and I just wanted to be normal like every other kid around me. Fast forward when we are in year nine and 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 it's official that Dad's gone to gone into jail for a couple of years. Um, you know we managed for the first time in uh, I think it was thirteen, twelve or thirteen years. Um, our family from Greece sent me, myself, my mum and my sister to Greece for six weeks. And that was a really amazing time. Um, I think I had my first beer there too, which was cool. Um, so I felt like a real grown-up. Uh, when I quickly came back though, I I realized that um it was, you know, dad was actually going to be coming out shortly. And I was petrified again, um, complete emotions, numb and 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 really, really scared. And and not just scared for myself, but Scared about how he would personally come out because I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. Uh, I went and saw my local parish priest um, here at Oakley, and he said, "Look, I'm going to go and visit your dad in jail, which was in Beechworth. Why don't you come with me?" And I thought, "Well, oh, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do that." Um, you know, I'm sort of year nine, year I don't know what was I year ten, year eleven at that stage. Can't remember. And um, I said, "All right, cool." So I spoke about my family, and I said, "Look, it's something that I really wanted to do. I wanted to do it mainly because I wanted to try and be that protector." I wanted to suss out the situation. What was he going to be like? And I was so scared that I thought to myself in my head that if I have a good relationship with my dad, he won't at that stage harm any members of my family. Now, if you meet my dad, he's not that type of person at all. Um, But in my head, and when you're in that age, you you do get frightful and quite scared. So I went forward. uh, I I went and saw him. We drove three and a half to four hours, myself and two priests. Um, the ones now gone got on to be a Bishop, but, um, we, we drove, you know, four, three and a half, four hours to Beechworth and here I am walking through the prison yards and surrounded by guys in green and it was all very safe and fine. And my dad was the pastry chef there. So that was cool. Um, so we had something to eat and then on the way back, um, I spent a couple of hours there. We had a chat. It was the first time I'd seen him in a long time. And then we exchanged sort of letters over that time. Um, so I guess for me, it was a, it was a really difficult experience and I probably didn't realize how much that particular experience shaped where I'm at now. And it's something that I think about, not consistently, but it does come up that, you know, it was, it was something that I was really, really scared about doing, but I did it. Um, but it's shaped exactly where I'm at now. Fast forward that, you know, dad comes out, you know, we sort of mend our relationship to a degree. Um, and then I finished year 12, which, which was great at that school. I'll never forget this one particular story at, at my school where, um, an absolute shout out to De La Salle College. It's it's a, it's a school that for me is going to always hold a really special place in my heart. There was about, my mum had called the accountant and said, oh, look, I've noticed that you've stopped taking the $30 out a week. What's the go with that? I know there's about six or $7,000 owing. And, um, the school turned around and said, look, we've actually wiped those fees for me. Again, it was just another humbling experience that I was like, wow, people, people are amazing and, and they care. So for me, it was, you know, finishing school. I had the best time, had the best of mates. We went to school we did all that. I did a fair bit of traveling and then I was sort of in and out of jobs, always working in and out of jobs and, and realizing, um, what I wanted to do. Um, we have had our fair share of, of parting, and nowadays you'll probably never see me in a club or I'm known as to my friends is doing a ghosty and that's always leaving without saying goodbye. I, is a very different phase as to where I'm at, where I was at a couple of years ago. Um, five, six years ago, I was working at a car, uh, at a car dealership and selling automotive finance. And it wasn't, a, it was a good job and I was really appreciative of the opportunity, but I didn't enjoy it and I didn't love it. And a friend of mine um, had turned around and said, and, and I started just auctioning off a car to the staff members as a bit of a joke, just to, pl- just to pass the time. And she said to me, oh, Dim, you should get into real estate. And I was about 24 at this stage or 23. And, um, I was like, "No, nah, I'm not getting into real estate. By chance, one of my really good friends was working in real estate at the time. And I just messaged him and said, oh, hey mate, um, how's, um, how's real estate going for you? And, um, I think a week later I had a job in real estate that I had accepted and I was starting I was going to be starting in a couple of weeks time. I quit the, the, the the car dealership job and six years later, um, this is sort of where I'm at within my own self. Um, for me, it's always developing as to where I'm at. I mean, my, my constant, my cup gets full nowadays from, from things that it didn't get full from five years ago. Um. I love doing a lot of charity work that I that I do, and I'm associated with some great organisations, whether it be Good Friday Appeal or the or the Five Lows charity that we're currently working with within our local church. Um, but I'm also really mindful of people and their mental health as well. I'm sort of, for me, not wanting to go down the mental health path too much on this particular podcast. Um, it's I think there's so many people doing great jobs out there, and I'm certainly not qualified to do it. As a side note, for myself, about probably nine years ago, I was diagnosed with OCD, which is something that I still work with every single day. Um, and there's good days and there's bad days, like everything. But the one thing that I have found consistently is that my faith and my family will always continue continuously get me through. My relationship with my dad has never been better. It's the it's the best we've had in a in a very, very, very long time. My relationship with my family, um, and you as you'll see throughout the episodes. Is uh is what holds me in good stead today. With friends, you know, your, your closest friends are the ones, in my opinion, that you can count on one hand. And this is just another opportunity that I want to bring to life something that's been a bit of a passion project for me, but also something that um, I hope yourself as listeners you can get some sort of uh, understanding or or um, understanding or or inspiration from. I really appreciate you taking the time to do all those things such as like, subscribe, comment, and and continue to get this good word out there. And for the time being, I look forward to, uh, to seeing you guys soon. Stay tuned for the first episode.